Welcome to the SR Strategic Sourcing Podcast. My name is Gary Tinsley and I'm joined here today by my colleague Susan Rashid. Hello Sue, how are you doing? I'm very well Gary, how are you doing today? Good thanks, looking forward to this one. Um, I'm also very pleased to say that we have with us today uh, Kate Roberts. Good afternoon Kate. Hi. You good? Yeah, very well, thank you. Good, good. Um, so a bit of a background to Kate. Uh, Kate is a public sector procurement expert, having worked in numerous roles in the public sector, including a head of procurement role in the acute NHS. Uh, Kate's currently working as a consultant, advising on some high profile public sector procurement processes in the nuclear sector. And we're very pleased to have her with us today, considering today's subject matter, which is delivering social value in the public sector. Okay, so we're going. Kate has joined us, and we're going to discuss this topic, highly topical subject, um, and how social value can be delivered. Okay, on this occasion, like in a couple of our other podcasts, the way we're going to run this today is Sue and I are going to ask Kate a number of questions on this subject matter, and then let's just see where it takes us. So we'll ask a question, get Kate's opinion, and we might wander who knows where from there. We have got a bit of a structure. Okay, so I'll kick us off with the first question. So, Kate, we thought we'd open up with a basic question of, so what is social value? You know, if I was to ask you that, what, what would you say? What is social value? I think for me, social value is considering um, factors that affect the local community. So economic factors, environmental factors, um, also the makeup of that community. So things like the age, gender, diversity, religious beliefs that are obviously very different um, around the UK, but then what specific factors are affecting um, to those individuals um, and how um, organisations can support with those factors that are not necessarily just about uh, value for money. Um, so, so more around um, the, the community itself and, and helping that community in, in various ways. So, so improving sort of the health and well-being of people in that community. Yeah, definitely. So taking things like um, inequality in the community, so whether that's financial, um, whether that's things like housing, um, environmental factors, so climate change or waste reduction, um, things that are not just necessarily about what that organisation's bread and butter is, but, but a bit more about the community that that organisation is working in. And improving, I suppose that's around improving job skills as well, and like you say, inequality. And yeah, definitely. Do, and and social mobility is that is that something? I suppose that comes into play with job skills, I guess. Yeah, definitely. So understanding um, where that community needs some support, um, and and bringing that in. So definitely in terms of job skills, in terms of um, like schooling in those communities as well, making sure that people from a young age get um you know various opportunities uh, that they may not ordinarily have access to um and the improvement on the whole of that of that community yeah okay okay and so <clears throat> why do you think it's particularly important in the public sector well, you know, for, for starters, the public sector is is funded by these local communities. So, you know, we obviously all are paying our taxes uh, to public sector organisations for them to then provide us the, the fundamental services that 
um, that are required. And I think it's really important for public sectors to recognise that there are more ways uh, that they can support local communities um, over and above just providing those services. Um, so a little bit of a give back to those communities. And I think the public sector, more than any other sector, kind of, for me, has um, has a requirement to do that. Um, so so definitely important to the public sector in that regard. Yeah, and I, I, it's a bit of a hobby horse of mine, this. I think if the government's trying to cascade anything um, in through the nation and into industry and into business, then in an environment where 40% of all spend in the UK spent by the public sector, if you want something to happen and something that you're absolutely in control of, which they're not really in control of, the, just realistically, the private sector, if they look to push it through the public sector, so then you're looking at 40% of all spend and the public sector fully embraces social value like the government did with sustainability in, in 2006, then um, potentially if, the, if, if all aspects of the public sector embrace that in the activity, then it's going to sort of dissipate through different industries. I, I always think of construction um so you know they're feeding this through into construction um and anybody bidding has to comply with this um social value requirement then potentially those first tier large construction companies will then look to cascade that down through the other tiers and and maybe then into other customers that's not even necessarily public sector and hopefully therefore you're starting to get it it, it, it it makes it happen. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, definitely. I'd agree with that. I think there's definitely seeds to be sown by the public sector that then, you know, have a, a broader outreach than just, um, you know, maybe their their initial communities, like you say, um, the public sector making it a requirement um, and using procurement as a vehicle for suppliers um, when it comes to social value will have a, a wider effect than just on that specific um, service as it goes out into the supply chain and as it goes out into um, into the effectively the customers in terms of the local communities that that those services reach. Yeah and I think you're right in what you said I think at the end of the day the public sector are closest to the community, um, irrespective of whether it's a local authority or the NHS. And to some extent, you know, they have an obligation to try and stimulate um, employment and development in those communities. So, yeah, I think it, it's, it should be, it's pretty critical for them. Sorry, and Sue. I, su I was going to say, I, su I suppose if they're doing that as well, you know, there's going to be more constantly increasing investment into those areas as well. And it, it's kind of it's kind of like a cycle, isn't it, that that continues. Um, I mean, it, and I suppose we're seeing it today through the support. Um, you know, during the during the COVID nineteen uh, recovery, um, we're seeing it there, aren't we? We're seeing it um, in the climate change initiatives that are being put into place. Um, yeah, you know, you do see it when you actually start. You understand what social value is, and you look at your community. You can really see it now. Um, but I think it is, I mean, the public sector always drive these initiatives because um, they've got a huge interest to do that. And, and, 
and with the private sector, they have to cascade it um, throughout their supply chain um, by, by bringing it in. And, and I suppose procurement in many ways does lead, lead the way. I agree with Kate on that, on that completely. Yeah, I think it's a good point that, that you make that the, the public sector sort of leads it. And to some extent, the private sector's got a choice of yeah. do, you, do you buy into this and therefore have a success and chance of winning bids? Or do you say, we're not really bought into that, um, we don't see the value, and then not win bids? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think this as this percentage um, becomes a percentage and potentially increases, then it is being seen as um, it, it's a critical success factor if you want to be successful in bidding for public sector work. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I was just going to say, in, in many ways, it's really supportive of particularly SMEs, this initiative, isn't it? We see that more and more where they're removing barriers constantly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. you're definitely right with that sort of um, analogy about it being a cycle. I think the more that the public sector do, um, you know, when it comes to social value, it supports them as an organisation in the long run in what services they then can then invest in and what services they go on to provide in future. Um, it all has an effect on on that if, if they get their social value aims um, working for them and their communities early on. Um, so it def I definitely think that analogy is really good about it being like sort of a, a benefit cycle for them as well. Okay. Okay. Anything else on that one? No. no, I think we're good there. That's good. Uh, so let's move on to a bit of a meaty question. Um, <clears throat> so how the question is, how do you embed social value into the public sector procurement cycle? And I think it's worth us having a, a trip around the cycle uh, and, and, and looking at how we do that. I think it's key. If social value is going to be delivered uh, and generated, procurement has got an enormous role in that. Um, in the public sector um, with it, with regards to its placing contracts and engaging with suppliers. So, yeah, so the question is, how do we embed social value into the public sector procurement cycle? So let's take a trip around the cycle. Off to, over to you, Kate. Yeah, I think, you know, it's really important um, looking at, at the cycle itself. And, and it's probably important to note that there isn't a stage of the cycle that social value um, doesn't have some effect on. Um, so, you know, if, if people are undertaking procurements that, you know, they listen to this podcast and they're already halfway through that procurement, all is not lost if it's not been thought about the early stages. It's obviously better to think about it from the get-go, uh, but there isn't a, a, a part of that cycle that it doesn't doesn't affect. So if you go into, um, you know, we talk about specifications to start with, specifications are all about sort of identifying, describing that need um, and working with stakeholders to, to be able to tell the market what it is that you uh, want from them. And so considering social value right from that early stage when you're working with stakeholders is, is really important. Um, you know, thinking about the organization's own vision and values. So, you know, if they're a local authority, they're going to have a, a different uh, vision, a different set of values to maybe an NHS hospital, for example. Um, but, but embedding that into the specification from the get-go is something that then the market will know from the outset what the expectation is in social value, especially if that is a, um, a requirement, like you say, for them in the procurement that they have to comply with um as part of as part of the tender process um, so yeah. very important 
at, at the specification stage definitely yeah. And, and I suppose that's looking at it from from not just the economics point of view, but from social environmental too, isn't it? Making sure it's, you know, the whole social value is considered. Yeah, definitely. I think as well, um, you know, here, if you think about how you get to the point where a specification is ready, um, you know, early engagement with stakeholders, early engagement with suppliers um, will really draw out what um, what those factors are. So whether they are environmental and also considering what it is you're buying. So social value, I think, needs to be considered in the context of the requirement of the contract. So, um, you know, if you're procuring goods, for example, um, that the supply chain is very is very much using single-use plastics it might be that you you take that um as one of your social valuing because it's it's so close to the requirements of the contract or if it's you know a labor contract that you start early and you think about okay well how can we drive um job opportunities apprenticeships through this because we know it's going to be our local community um you know working on that that labor part of the contract so it's really there where you can take take your requirement itself and and consider it in the context of the social value in the local community can i just ask from your experience kate how do, and at this, at this spec stage how do you find stakeholders you know did a state is this is this in the mi minds of stakeholders or is it procurement having to say we need to consider social value and what should we do I think it's a bit bespoke to the organisation, if I'm honest. I think, you know, I've worked on procurements where you go in and, and actually stakeholders are very quick off the mark and they say, right, OK, I've got these ideas for how we drive social value. And then I've worked on other procurements where stakeholders, you know, it, it's not something that they'll think about until it's brought to their attention. And that usually is down to where it fits into the organization as a whole and how used to those uh, how used to social value the stakeholders are um i think once you've done it in one procurement and once stakeholders have been exposed to it they're very likely to want to do it again because actually it provides them with these other benefits that you know actually come over and above the the good or the service um, that they can get involved with and, and feel good about participating in to to the organization if i'm honest yeah do you think it's something that's um senior management driven um initially yeah yeah and and depending on on which stakeholders you're dealing with in terms of where they work in the business because it's some areas are much easier to drive social value out than others so it depends on um on what where in the business they work um but yeah i think initially maybe senior management led but as you sort of move into that process it kind of becomes the norm yeah okay and i suppose it needs to be <coughs> sort of embedded into the i guess if it was where it's most successful is where it's sort of embedded into the culture and people think that way yeah definitely okay Okay. Okay. Well, moving on from spec stage, um, you know, let's have a chat about contracts and supplier selection um, and how, how we integrate social value or how it shall we should do anyway. Yeah. Well, I mean, supplier selection and, and your actual tender processes is a really crucial stage because it's where you're actually able to test 
um, the market's ability to respond to your social value aims. And I think sometimes suppliers will actually have a greater insight into their market and how their product or service is affecting or you know, could affect the, the local community that they are um, attempting to win business in. Um, so suppliers should definitely not be discounted in that regard. They'll sometimes have um, you know, great things to bring to the table in terms of social value. Uh, and that, you know, is a way that if you're not really familiar with coming up with them, that you can liaise with the market and they will unlock more initiatives in terms of social value that you can then include. Um, but it's a time to, to, like I say, test those suppliers and, and make sure that they are sort of on the same level as your organisation in terms of what they um what they need to be able to provide in order to win this business and then throughout that contract. Mm. In terms of terms and conditions, is there anything that you would that you would include in your terms and conditions and on this subject area? Yeah, definitely. I mean your contract is, is your backup, isn't it, really, to make sure that, that both sides are doing what they said they're going to do during the life of that contract. And those contracts can obviously be very long in terms of the public sector. So it's it's good to make sure that social value isn't forgotten about after the tender period. Um, and it tells the supplier that it isn't something that is going to get forgotten and it gives a basis for both sides to work on to say, OK, well, this is how we're going to progress these aims and how we're going to measure them as well um, throughout the life of the contract. So I think, yes, don't forget the um, the social value part of the tender after the tender period. Make sure it's embedded in your contract and that both you and the supplier know how you're going to work to achieve those aims throughout the contract, especially, you know, if you take construction and as, as an example, um, there might be milestones in that um, in that project that the social value aims also move with. So um, every sort of uh, £100,000 of spend, for example, could mean a new apprentice uh, for that contract. Well, you need to make sure you're measuring that um, and your contract will allow that to happen. I've actually seen that exactly what you've said. I've seen that in 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 a couple of businesses that that we we work with actually. Um, so it's really it is really good. I like that. Yeah, initiative. it's really interesting. That's the the idea of um, measuring social value delivery and making it tangible. Mm. It's really good. Yeah, yeah. I do. I do wonder. Do, do you get any reluctance that they've kind of you know they've they've won the business and then they kind of disengage with it or is it down to just really good contract management then i think one of the most important things is is um making it realistic for the supplier so you know if you've got a contract that's very very low value you're not going to get the earth from them when it comes to social value so i think where you would get pushback is if the ask is too much so it has to be sort of proportionate to the contract and if you're able to do that and then you do work with them um, with them against sort of realistic aims and you do give them sort of milestones, you know, so not expecting it all up front and things, I think you would get um, a much better response from suppliers than if, um, you know, it's just a case of um, a broad stroke social value aims that your organisation puts on every contract. I think that's less likely to work um, than... Yes. than actually working with your supplier to say okay well this is relevant to the contract and it's also relevant to the size of the contract as well and that's that's a really key point because if there are listeners out there that are thinking you know one broad stroke and everybody treat the same it's not going to be effective is it and you're going to get a lot of disengaged suppliers or supply yeah, chains exactly, yeah. 
Yeah. I think that's it's really interesting. I think like like so effectively you need to have good stakeholder engagement mm. and you need to be creative, don't you, as to how in this contract, how can we deliver social value in this instance? I think I think and I think Kate what Kate said earlier about um do, doing the market research to see what is feasible mm. in in those markets is is really crucial here as well. Yeah, and there's probably a lot yeah, of good stuff I'm... already going on, you know, because because like I say, as public sector organisations take this up, and and you've got a lot of suppliers that will work with lots of different public sector organisations. Sometimes getting that learning from the supplier and through the supply chain as to, okay, what have you done for other organisations is really helpful in that sort of early market engagement phase. Okay. So, Kate, what's your experience of it with regards to the scoring mechanism? You know, what what are, what are public sector guys doing? Are they making it 10%, 20%, 5%? How is it being considered in that evaluation? Yeah, it it definitely all comes down to the award criteria. I mean, um, there was a um, a PPN published um, in in last year. I think it was in September, um, which now requires all central government bodies to um, and I put this in inverted commas explicitly evaluate social value. So it's not just a nod to it; has to be part of the award criteria. Um, and even go so far as to say for these central government bodies it has to be 10 percent and that's from the 1st of January this year so so obviously the, the government are now um, stipulating that so so it's more of a uh, more than just a consideration um, and I would say to anyone in that situation where they've not done it before and there might be a central government body that there's an annex to that PPN which has um, things like themes and outcomes which will contribute to the award criteria that you would draw up it has some really good stuff in it on on examples of what you could use in terms of social value and it and it points out as well that the social value aims have to be relevant to the contract subject matter so again giving that supplier a realistic um target in terms of social value um, and i expect as well that 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 will go further as we um develop the regs as, as the UK and with you know out of the EU now and how those regs develop post the consultation phase I expect there's be a lot more about social value uh, to come out of that but I think at the moment um, it's usually one of the the lower level questions in, in award criteria maybe five percent um, and is is quite mm. it's better to be um, more explicit in what you want than sort of a, it, it sometimes comes a bit of a fluffy question and I think it's better to get that to tangible output if you can yeah definitely definitely so that so that was from that's from january 2021 yeah yeah. so any procurements now you're kind of saying to me if you're a private sector organization out there listening yeah definitely (laughs) or potentially lose sue yeah Or, or lose out yeah yeah you're missing the trick if you don't get on board I, I have come across from students, it was a particular local authority and maybe three years ago, but um, maybe four years ago, actually. And even then, uh, they were running as um, 20% social yeah. value. But their, their particular council was sort of local authority, social value, council of the year sort of thing. So, you, yeah, yeah, you could say it may, may have a bit of a political tie as well. But it's interesting to hear. I think for it to be to have impact, like you that you mentioned, Kate, there it needs to be tangible, doesn't it? And ten percent of the score is very definitely tangible. Definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Okay. Uh, and then we touched on um, uh, performance management, um, which again I thought was really interesting. What you said, I re again, I really liked it. Like you say, this is this is a it can be seen as like you say a woolly area, and I think part of the trick is to make it a contractual term to put it in the PQQ to have it as a, a part of the evaluation criteria. Make it very objective, embed it all the way through. And all that's all that make is fantastic, but that's not effective. If you then don't go on to manage it, um, so it was interesting what you said about um, you know putting tangible measures to it, like, realistic yeah. as well. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. yeah. Do, 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 have you seen that quite a bit, Kate, or only in a couple of instances? Well, I mean, I think performance management and contract management. I, I think lots of public sector managers would agree that that's the one area that things tend to fall down you know just for the sake of everyone's very busy um in procurement teams in the public sector and and i think everyone would say they would love to do contract management better um so it's it's just about making sure that that if that is one area that you struggle with as a team you know due to resource etc that your contract does back you up um regardless so that your tangible aims are in there your milestones are in in the contract so that um it, it can happen um as best it can without that contract management but the contract management will make it a hundred times better because you can sit down with that supplier and you can say how are you doing with this and it's not about beating them on the head with the with the social value aims or the contract terms it's about working together with them to say okay you know we're at this part of the contract let's start moving into this second phase of social value um and really getting the best out of them that's a good point that again i think you know what you might be doing is sitting down with the supplier and celebrating yeah. success yeah. Uh, and you know we, we, we you've turned over hard, i don't know half a million and taken on five new apprentices and that's really powerful stuff uh, that your supplier could benefit from as well from working sort of collaboratively with you um so yeah so it's it's um it, it, it's definitely it's a very interesting area and uh, i guess very media ready yeah <laughs> yeah okay uh, can yeah. i ask a question do you feel that you have to incentivise your supply chains to engage? Um, I think a lot of suppliers will already be working towards, you know, initiatives in their own right. Um, but I think, you know, in, in a lot of public sector procurement, it is about bringing it to the to the forefront of the mind. Um, and as you say, Gary, there with, with sort of media um, ready, there's a lot that, that suppliers and organisations can be proud of when when they do get the best out of these social value aims and there are actually good news stories to tell um so potentially in that regard but but i think a lot of suppliers nowadays they they are doing this stuff anyway you know if you look at environmental um factors in the, in the context of social value there's a lot going on in terms of um supply chains making themselves more environmentally friendly um, it's just about tapping into that so i think incentivize maybe not but just sort of pointing out from the start of a procurement hey this is important to me and my organization um and like you say it's like you know can you get on board with it um more than anything yeah. i think i think that i think the the important the incentivization i suppose like you say it is celebrating success isn't it i think and obviously if it's not if it's not just winning a contract it's celebrating success or it might it might become part yeah, of the yeah, usp definitely. you know 
which is which is important there. And, and in the background, you've always got it's the incentive. Another incentive is winning the contract, yeah. and as, yeah. it becomes more, as it becomes more objective and more tangible, it's 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 gonna you know it it's gonna be the key criteria to to actually winning the contracts. Hopefully, you'd think that suppliers would be much more proactive than that, and some will. Um, but yeah, I think um, there there won't be much of a choice. Well, yeah, if they want to win public sector contracts, they're they're going to have to get on with it, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so so um, how well do you think um, social values been embraced in the public sector, and uh, do you feel that it's been embraced differently in different areas of the public sector? Um, well, I think you know, there's obviously areas that social value affect more than others so local authorities I think have been doing this stuff for quite a long time now and, and obviously you know the, the central government um, PPN that I mentioned before it's now a requirement for, for everyone to do it from this year but it, it's probably something that those central government organisations have, have been doing and have thought about for a long time whereas probably you know in the NHS for example it's becoming now more um, you, you will see it more regularly in a procurement than I think you would have done previously or different types of social value are now being addressed through the NHS that that may have been only done in local authorities. So definitely uh, becoming more prevalent in, in the public sector. I think it's been a part of the public sector for a long time, but it's now becoming a bit more of a norm than it was before. Because um, I think there's a very, um, you know, you could you could jump to say that that, there's parts of a procurement that are much more important than social value but it's about seeing what social value actually does um apart from taking some of your award criteria weight in a way it's, it's about thinking about it slightly differently and i think that's where the change is coming now a positive change yeah it's, it's less of a, a reluctance to do it or doing yeah. it because you're ticking a box it's more of a I can yeah, see exactly, the benefits yeah. here yeah so it's becoming more more embedded across the organizations um, do, do you have initiatives where you share best practices um that? i think there's a lot of um sharing of best practice that goes on in in the public sector um i think there's a lot of organizations now um that support different areas of the public sector that you know procure frameworks for example where that is now a big part of their usp um, and so that gives an opportunity for lots of public sector organizations to get involved with social value for their own procurements through these frameworks um, i think there's a lot of regional working especially in the nhs now where you've got your stps um, that that there is a lot of sharing of of um, best practice in terms of social value there's a lot of focus on sustainability um, in in the public sector at the moment so yeah I definitely think that there's a lot of sharing that goes on um, and like I said before you working with your supply chains to understand how they've supported different organizations that they've worked with before could they um, you know do that for your organization and i think there's a lot of good sharing that goes on with that where suppliers are asked to provide initiatives that and examples of initiatives of social value that they've done before as well could you uh, do, do you have any could you any any ones from your past that you think's worked well any examples i don't have to obviously name contracts and, and organizations but sort of examples of 
of social value. I think one work. one really good one, and, and I can name the framework is um, is the construction impact framework. I think that's a really good example of where procurement is used for a vehicle uh, for social value, and that can be through um, apprenticeships and and, and labour, um, or it can be actually around um, the reinvestment of funds that that go to to pay for those procurements and go to pay those suppliers actually being reinvested into to the organization that's doing the procurement um that's a really really good example i think there's um examples of organizations now set up um in the likes of social housing for example that obviously they do a lot of um construction they do a lot of um reactive um labor and that's a really good place for apprenticeships because it gets a lot of the local community into these trade jobs um, and gets them trained up and gets them qualifications. There's, there's some really good examples of that in the social housing um, sector. And then I think another one that that um, is really good is in the NHS now where we've got we see these big construction projects for new hospitals um around the country they are you know really thought about in the context of are they green hospitals how will the local community benefit from this being on the doorstep how will they be able to use um, this facility in a positive environmentally friendly um way for them um, so yeah lots and lots of good examples of stuff going on and, and suppliers are a big part of that as well uh, but good procurement specifications and an award criteria, I think, really drive that out. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Uh, yeah, that's just just leading on from that because um, I quite often get asked in, in my role, "What is social value?" What's your feelings on whether you think there's good stakeholder knowledge? An appreciation of of social value just generally among your um, stakeholders i think it's different isn't it with with where people are based in the organization and what they do for a living i think it was the same when sustainability was a buzzword and and people said, well what does sustainability mean mm. to you and your organization um i think like i say it's you know some stakeholders kind of need that walk through and it being brought to the forefront of their minds and then some of them will go actually this is a really good way that I can help the local community or we can give a little bit more through this contract and some will have no idea because it's not part of their day-to-day um so I think it's about taking the core principles of it and and the core principles of the organization's vision and value and, and maybe walking through it that way. Um, it's one of those things that I think everybody has the best intentions to do, but like you say, just not a full understanding of what it actually means for them. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. Do you feel that it's quite often left to procurement to it to implement? Definitely when it comes to the procurement itself, it's quite difficult, I think, for um, you stakeholders to to understand how to measure that. So, you know, how how would I measure how a supplier provided social value? Because it's it's quite fluffy in, in itself and, um, you know, it, it kind of doesn't doesn't pair nicely not like you know a pricing template is very easily scored well social values is a bit more difficult in that regard so i think maybe the the how do we get the social value aims is driven by procurement but definitely the initiatives can can definitely come from the stakeholders and, and i've had that in a lot of occasions where the stakeholders have said okay well this is the idea i just need some help in how to actually execute that through my procurement and with my supplier
Yeah, I mean, you know, I've worked in organisations and not necessarily talking about um, social value, um, where it's kind of been left to procurement to do all the implementation and the engagement with the supply chain. But then within the organisation itself, it's not happening. How do you how do you sort of how is that avoided? Um, I think it's about sort of taking into account um how it how social value can affect different departments in the organization so you know if you if you take the the age-old question well what does it mean for me that's going to be very different to maybe someone in an estates team than it is to someone in a hr team so it's about sort of procurement supporting those bits of the organization to say well what is social value to your part of the organization and then what does the organization um as a whole what's their vision what's their values in terms of their um you know footprint on their local community but that contract management comes into it here with you know making sure it's not just forgotten about when when the tender is over and actually shouting about the the positive news stories will then i think help them repeat in future yeah yeah it's nice that's good okay so i've got one last question kate on this subject so how do you think it could be done better have you any 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 thoughts or any recommendations as to how public sector and public sector procurement could possibly uh, improve on what they're already um, doing? I think it's definitely, you know, considering it as a priority and even for non-central government um, contracting authorities, you know, seeing it as a priority and seeing that uh, 10% as something that you should include as well w- w- would be really good. I think, um, don't, you know, don't just do it because it's there in, in the regulations, do it because actually it will have benefit for the organisation. And then I think a, a way to improve that is the engagement so stakeholder engagement you get out into your own organization share that across multiple organizations different parts of the public sector uh definitely definitely in the supply chain because there's lots of good stuff going on um and then i think just bringing that back into your learning and your own procurement team um and the tenders that you you run in um like i say that the, the Annex A in, in the PPN around social value is really helpful because it gives um, some outcomes and some ways in which your reward criteria can be developed and it will get better every time you do it um, and, and monitoring that good news out of the out of the process will help you again to repeat that next time. Um, so I think it's just about considering it as a bit more of a priority, which I know is quite difficult in the public sector, especially at the moment um in procurement mm. <laughs> yeah, busy yeah i think everyone's buying ppe at the moment <laughs> yeah yeah but i suppose i mean what i suppose for me sort of wrapping up that last statement it's about yeah. changing the culture and embedding it throughout so you live and breathe it every day like we do health and safety like we do sustainability i think ppe is a really interesting one actually because um, you know, what will happen going forwards? Will we embrace social value and look to still buy PPE from local community providers who's adapted their manufacturing to produce PPE? Or will we default back to cheapest price from China? Yeah. 
Um, well, I mean, when, when I was in it, I, I was lucky enough to be head of procurement for two acute hospitals when this pandemic kicked off. Um, and it was definitely a shock to the system, I will say that. Yeah. Um, but one thing that came out of it, um, <laughs> there was a lot of bad news stories about PPE. But one thing that we saw happen was was local suppliers step up and like you say change their manufacturing processes to allow them to manufacture PPE um and I was I don't know if lucky enough is the right word but I was part of a um a national government team to procure PPE nationally to sort of support the NHS procurement teams on the ground um and what we found a lot of the time was that the options from China and other places weren't actually better than what we were producing at home and what the local suppliers were producing for us um and i think you know in in my um experience the local supply chain really saved um really saved us during those those early months because ppe just it just wasn't available anywhere um and so i would hope that that continues i think the nhs as well they started to look at developing things like reusable PPE, reusable gowns, um, you know, to take that environmental factor and, and not just throw it out the window because there was a crisis. Um, and there's been a lot of good work done since on reusable PPE. And um, I would say that all comes back to uh, the social value of the local community. People were printing visors at home on 3D printers and sending them into hospitals. Um, so there was a lot of good stuff that was was definitely going on. And I hope that continues um, long into the future rather than sort of go with the, the, the big bulk supply chains. Yeah, for sure. That would be a really interesting one to, to watch because it's a great case study, isn't it? Mm. Um, you know, I see people on like Granada reports. I was only watching one the other day, very local to me, actually, that was expanding its PPE production and, and, and creating a new site. And I sat there watching it thinking, I hope that demand stays for you. Um, and we don't default back to um, just buying yeah, price. Yeah. Which will be an interesting one to watch. Okay. Uh, any, any, any further questions, Sue or Kate, or any further comments? I haven't. I just think it's been absolutely fantastic. And yeah. Thank you for having really, me. Really I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Good, good. Well, thank you both. And th thanks for Kate for joining us on this occasion. And if anybody's listening and interested and would like further information on social value uh, or would like to join us on, on one of our courses on social value, we'd be delighted to help. Um, but with that said, I think that will bring us to a conclusion. So thank you, Sue. Thank you, Kate. And we'll see you all soon. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks. Thank you. Goodbye.